open to hear your word, be doers of your word, and to be moved and led by your spirit to walk in the newness of life. We surrender our all to you, Lord. We surrender our all to you, Lord. Not a portion, not a section, but all of us to you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I ask you to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it would be those things you want me to say. I pray that the body of Christ will have a conviction unto righteousness and unbelievers a conviction unto salvation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. We're starting uh, in Philippians with our, with our new series. And um, so we're going to go to Philippians 1, and um, I, I'm, I'm going to read up to, up to 30. Give us ears to hear, a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying during this time. Okay, um, Philippians chapter 1. I, Paul, and Timothys, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi with the bishops or the overseers, the bishops and the deacons, they are overseers. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's his salutation, okay, that he's speaking to the body of Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for for you all making requests with joy. You know, um, I pray when we go, go through this today and read these words out of this Bible that they will be more than just words. Amen. That you would actually hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying through these words that Paul wrote for that purpose, that the church will hear, move, grow, and become. Amen. And not just we're going through uh, the routine and the tradition of just doing this. He says, always in, in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. Are we doing that for the people we know? From your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. And like from the beginning of your salvation to the present day. Paul says, I've been doing this. Being confident of this very thing, that he which have begun a good work in you will perform it, will complete, will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me or right for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and my chains, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers or sharers of God's grace. For God is my record or my witness, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ or in the deep affection and this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, 
that you may approve things that are excellent and that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. I pray that there's no one present or even um, who's going to be listening to this are operating, still operating in offense, but being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. But I would you should understand, brethren, he says, I want you to know. (laughs) See, when you understand, you know, okay, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherness of the gospel. It says, has turned out to further the gospel. My being imprisoned. That's what he means when he says bond and chains. Being imprisoned that it will happen to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that my bonds are changed and Christ are manifest or, or, or as have turned out to be in all of the places, in this place here that I'm in, as well as other places, and will rest upon these places. Amen. Amen. He says, and many or most of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear, as they are watching him being bound, imprisoned, but still serving God and petitioning on behalf of the Lord. They are are now more encouraged and have the confidence to go forth and speak that word without fear to everyone else. If they see Paul is doing this, how much more shall I do? I'm sure they were saying. So indeed, preach Christ every even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. So some of them are going out for other kind of motives. (laughs) The motives aren't right. But if you preach this gospel, even with the bad motives, somebody's going to catch it. Because you're speaking the truth and the life of this world. Even if your intentions were not right. See, what happened, we've been having a whole lot of preaching and teaching with bad motives and not the word. As the end result, people are in church, but not in Christ. So he says, he says, the one preached Christ of contention or with self-ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains, which, you know, you know how you have these naysayers. When you take a strong stand for God and, and things don't go the way that they think they should go, they become naysayers. Well, you need to be careful because God does things in his own timing. Amen. Because they didn't happen don't mean they're not going to happen. Amen. It's his timing. Amen. And if you stay faithful and stay true, then you will see the end result will be victorious. He says, but the other of love, knowing that I am set or appointed for the defense of the gospel, 
What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to stop right there. I hope to get through the whole thing, but I'm going to stop right there, and, and we're going to dialogue a little bit. The title of this message is, What Have You Been Called to Do for the Progression of the Gospel? It wasn't meant to be, and it will not always be easy or a bed of roses, but are you still willing to declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Is he your lordship? Like Paul and some modern day saints, are you willing to put your life on the line for him? Let's just start with being sold out for Jesus and your family and friends know it and dare not to overstep their boundaries with you because they know and respect your faith in Jesus and your commitment to the gospel and the cross of Jesus. Amen. Do your family know that? Amen. And they, so therefore they respect that? Amen. Let's just start with your own soul. Is there a battle going on with you between the heart and the soul? And you're probably saying, what do you mean a battle? Well, there should be one going on until your soul gets completely free. Amen. You see, discipleship means through the power of the gospel, your soul is being sanctified. And since it is spoiled and wants to have his own way, because that's what's been going on for as long as it's been in you, your heart has to constantly remind it that you are not in charge. Soul. For we are new creation in Christ. So you cannot say that anymore. You cannot watch that anymore. You cannot do that or those things anymore. Cast those thoughts down, soul. Don't. Stop. Pray first. Read your Bible. Yes. Ask God how to pray about this matter. No. Remember, soul, you aren't in charge. I am the heart which was changed by the blood of Jesus is in charge. All right. All right. That's how you fight the battle All right. All right. with your soul yes. because your soul takes the lead. It's automatically going to take the lead. It has been spoiled and been accustomed to doing that. So you have to talk to it. If you've been born again, just because the first thing that comes up, it, it shouldn't come out because it comes up. That's coming from the soul. That's not coming from the heart. And you have to take authority over those things. The heart which was changed by the blood of Jesus should be in charge of the soul. Have you considered why you are saved? Or is it business as usual? 
Or maybe you think you are saved because you grew up in a church or because you attended church and was very active in the church. Maybe you had a supernatural experience at one time and you think you're saved. Maybe both or one of your parents are saved and growing up in their home even though they never talked about salvation or saw that you were saved, you think you were saved. The flesh, which com compounds of the soul and the mind and can only be subdued by the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. And the Holy Spirit only resides and work through a soul that is saved by the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. So don't be deceived with people you know who, who they think or they claim salvation, but they have rejected the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't you dare believe that the Holy Spirit is working through them. Because sometimes I hear people say that. Well, the Spirit is using them. You are lying. And the truth ain't in you. The Holy Spirit don't work through an unclean vessel and won't even reside in it. Let's go with Galatians 6. Galatians 6, and we're going to read from verse uh, 16 through 26, which will prove my point. Because I'm not going to just speak stuff and not have biblical support. Amen. Galatians 6 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, capital S, not a small s, because that other spirit is what we've been indulging in. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusted against the spirit. Do you hear that? That's your soul. That's the battle between the soul and the heart. The heart is the spirit. The flesh is your soul. They battle. They don't jail. Yes. They battle. And one has got to take over the other. And the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. And what, you're going, what we're going to hear are the sins that are committed by the flesh, which, which means sins that you, with your free will and your conscience, you made a decision to do by your mind or, even, or either by your body, and these sins are called transgressions. Okay, well, let me read to you what they are. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, that's your sexual stuff, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, Variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Now, when it talks about variance and emulations, that means when you come against the things of righteousness and when you try to imitate others rather than being who God called you to be. This, that's what these sins are talking about, okay? sedition and heresy where you are not believing in the truth you are believing in the lies and, be, and because you're not choosing to believe the truth the lie has you deceived and have you following after it and you don't even know that you are 
because you can't see the light of day. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. And, and those sins that we willingly commit by the flesh, most of them are governed by the law. So the consequences of, uh, of those sins, a lot of times you have to be, is paid by the law judging you and punishing you or putting you in jail as a result of it. Are y'all with me? Yes. Okay. So that lets you know that if you are born of the spirit, those things does not say who you are. They should not be the portrait of who you are, okay? Because born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, that's how you are governed. Born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, you are now governed by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, you will be convicted by your sin and will, or will either flee from sin or be sorrowful and regret the sin to the point of confession and repentance. Okay, I'm gonna, I, I better read that again. Like I said, those other fleshy stuff and bad emotional stuff, it's governed by the law. But born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, who you are governed by now, you will be convicted by your sin and will either flee from the sin or be sorrowful and regret the sin to, to the point that you're confessing it and turning and, uh, and repenting from the sin. Now, let me give you a definition of um, being filled by the Spirit because you were born again, because you don't get filled with the Spirit without being born again. Go to, let's go to verses 22 uh, through 26. But the fruit of the spirit, <laughs> there, there was fruit from that other spirit too, which we just read, the sins, okay. But the fruit of the spirit is love. It begins with love. And if it doesn't start with love, the rest of it can't be worked in us. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. <laughs> and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the aff aff affections and lust. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous or, con or conceited, because that's what vainglory is all about, is being conceited. Provoking one another, envying one another. Amen? Amen. Now, your love for Jesus Christ as a believer will convict you of sin and causes you to live righteously and to obey the laws. Unless the law defiles, disobey, and defame God's moral laws. And what you need to understand that God's law, the Ten Commandments, nine out of the ten are moral laws. Now, unbelievers who fall who flow from an unclean spirit 
will try to put you on a guilt trip when you tell, tell them things or tell them the truth about themselves. Just remember that you are not in sin. Satan wants you to shut up before they get saved. Wear those strongholds down in the name of Jesus and continue to pray for their salvation and deliverance. Never give in to the power of darkness for false peace. Because that peace is false. Remember, God has made a way of escape for you. And the scripture that supports that situation is in Matthew 10. Let's go over to Matthew 10. Because you see, all of this, the, 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 uh, this, this uh, love of God where we go along with sin and everything else uh, and, and for the sake of peace and thinking that that's God's way, you need to read your Bible. Because I haven't found that yet in the Bible. Okay, Matthew 10, starting with verse 33, says, But whosoever should deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Okay, I got to read that again. But whosoever should deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Now, there's many ways of denying God without actually saying, I deny you. Amen. There's certain phrases and comments that you make identify you have denied him because you have excluded him out of your precepts and your concepts of life. That's denial. Okay, and so when you entertain that kind of conversation willingly, gleefully with unbelievers, you have joined in the boat with them and have denied Christ. And he says, I will deny you before my father. What do you mean by that? He's our chief intercessors. And when we have a need and you're praying for something, remember I said he lifts up that cup of blood to God to remind God that you are covenant, covered. You have been redeemed. So he has to forgive you of your sin. But if you don't belong to him, he says, I'm going to deny you before my father. That cup ain't going up. Amen. 34, think not that I've come to send peace on earth. Do y'all hear that? When you were talking about peace to the earth, he gave peace to us. It's up to us to manifest that peace in the earth. Think not I come to give peace, send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. I come to bring my word to divide and separate evil from good, truth from lies. They don't cohabitate. He says, for I've come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foe should be they of his own household. Remember in the book of Acts, he's telling them, start at home before you go abroad. Okay. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that walketh not, I mean, I'm sorry, he that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Now remember at the beginning, 
when I said it was never meant to be evil, I mean easy, I'm sorry, it was never meant to be easy. You got to pick up your cross. It's going to cost you something. If it costs your Savior something, what, what, do you, what makes you think you don't have to pay, pay something? And he that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. If that's what you're all about, your life on this side of heaven, how comfortable you always gonna be, how convenient everything is going to be, how you happy you're going to be, all of these little things, if that's what you're looking for, you're gonna lose your life. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. When you give it all up, like Paul did for the Lord, we will have eternal life. But before you even get there, even though you don't have the things that other people are reveling over, you will have what they can't get. That's joy and peace. Joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. He that receiveth you, receive me. So remember when you're going to your family and friends with some truth that they have a hard time with, Remember this scripture, he that receiveth you receive me, and he that receiveth me receive him that sent me. So they reject, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting Jesus. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of righteous man shall receive a righteous man reward. You speak the truth. You declare what thus says the Lord. And whosoever should give to, give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only, only in the name of a disciple. Motives. What's your motive behind what you're doing? You're doing it in the name of a, a disciple, a follower of Christ, because you have the heart of Christ. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Amen. You never submit to evil. And submission is unto the Lord. So if someone isn't representing the Lord with their heart and life, what is their purpose? It is easy to follow someone who lives for Christ because their reasoning and purpose is for God and not for self. There is nowhere in the Bible that tells us to submit to ungodliness. Ephesians 5 instructions for marriage is to Christian marriages. So I get sick and tired of hearing people, why submit to your husband and there's two people together and one is saved and one isn't. That doesn't work. That's not for them. Oh, it's easy and convenient to run that, but that's not who it's for. It's for two people who are equally yoked in Christ. Because you're telling somebody who is, who is saved to submit to an unsaved person for the sake of false peace so they can stay together and be at peace. <laughs> oh, because when, when you give Satan a foothold, 
He's going to take the whole thing. That's just one area he's controlling. When he gets done, he's going to be controlling everything about you. Okay? And Ephesians 5 instructions, like I said, is for a Christian marriage. Both spouses are supposed to be saved and submit to each other. God is over them. And, and their salvation should have evidence. It should be some fruit of that salvation and not that you just said something with your, with your lips, but your heart was far from it. Romans 10.10 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can't confess what you don't truly believe. You can speak and say, but you can't confess because the, the confession is like a declaration of who you are. We know that Paul is writing this epistle along with others to the church of Philippi from prison and a place of bondage, persecution, and suffering. But since he took, took the mindset that it is for Jesus whom I am living for and whom I will die for, the Lord's grace has given him peace and joy beyond all understanding. Therefore, he was able to receive revelation out of the gospel of God and with joy and understanding transmit that revelation to the people with a strong conviction. Most of the time, doing that persecution and that chain, Paul was alone. He didn't have anybody backing him up, encourage him, go for it. He was alone. We, the body of Christ, are many. We have a lot to support us, to encourage us, but yet we are divided between the world and God's morals. We can accomplish more together, but we must put our flesh behind the cross, take up our cross and follow Jesus. Ask God for truth, courage, and strength, and wisdom. And once he leads you into his word, pray that, that, pray that word over yourself and declare to walk in it, for that is his way. That is the only way. Philippians 1.20, according to my earnest expectations, expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ should be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Paul is saying, whatever way, I am going to magnify Christ through me. Is, are we saying this? Do we even feel it? Or what we're doing is ritualistic. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You don't lose. If you're living, you're living for Christ to live through you, shine through you, and and he, for him to use you to draw others to him. And if you die, you're going to be with him. Amen. Amen. We don't lose. And what, that, 
That's why Paul was able to withstand all that came against him because he had made up in his mind. I'm going to live for you, and if it causes my death, so what? I gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I know not. For I am in a strait between two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, says Paul. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you, because as long as I stay here, I'm here to minister to you, not for my self-pleasures, not for what I can gain. I'm here to serve you so that God would be glorified, yes. you would be sanctified and edified. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you, with you all for your furtherance or progression of joy and faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Only let your conversation, glory, 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 let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs. I don't have to stand guard over you. I don't have to always be there reminding and telling you because it's in your heart and in your soul that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. He stands, when he says to stand fast in one spirit and one mind with Jesus Christ and together striving in the faith of the gospel. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. And in nothing terrified by no way. That's what that means, in nothing. By no way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token or proof of destruction, prediction of destruction but to you of salvation and that of God. In other words, it's evidence of how the demonic, the darkness, the evil one is destroyed, but your salvation is unto God. It's proving your salvation unto God and it's showing how darkness is being destroyed by you. Amen. Glory. Yeah. Do you have <laughs> glory? For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. We think it's supposed to be all easy, feel good, and don't deal with that. Oh, no, don't, no, no, don't say that. Don't do that. Don't challenge them. Don't, don't make them wake up by speaking the truth. Just, just go along. Just don't say nothing. Don't, don't disturb that. Don't mess up. Don't, uh. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Challenge it. Stir it up. Arise. Don't go alone with wrong, with evilness, with anything that's going to cause your family, your sister, your brother, whatever, to decline in Christ. Cause them, challenge them to rise in Christ. 
I'm not going to accept that because you don't want to hear it. Having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. Glory to God. The end. God has put it so strong in my spirit. And I'm just going to keep on driving salvation to the body of Christ. Amen. So that we can walk up and be strong and stand against the wiles of the evil one. We cannot stand until we really know or come into the fullness of who we are in Jesus Christ. It's hard. It is not easy. And we all we want to do is just feel good and make it seem like it easy. No. So we have to stand by holding on and being in this word and praying and keeping each other uplifted instead of bringing each other down with the lies of Satan. Because you cannot walk contrary to what is dictating if you don't do that. And it's too much in the Bible that declares that we are overcomers. And when we overcome everything, all of this that's out here, we are to overcome it. I pray that we all come into the knowledge of who Jesus is. Be delivered and saved by the blood of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.